Good evening. Tonight is the 15th day of Shvat, or as is better known, Tubishvat, which is corresponding at least the nighttime to Sunday, February 5th, 2023. We are almost finally caught up. Today we will be looking at chapter 23, and hopefully in the morning... I will record chapter 24, which will take us through to Tubishvat's learning. And then we will be back to being on target for the day. So chapter 23 takes us into the topic of a statement from the Zohar. So one of the interesting things that I've been noticing as I've been going through this chapter by chapter, section by section, is as is no surprise to anybody who's studied Tanya or most books, each chapter's theme is laid out very early on. And one of the things the author is doing is he's taking things that are relatively well known and he's delving deeper into them. So the Zohar says as follows. The Zohar has this phrase that the Torah and God are entirely one. They're entirely one. or And that word entirely means that there's no division, no separation, nothing stands in the way. Something we've seen earlier in this book, that the Torah is God's revelation in this world, or is the way that the human being can engage with God is through Torah. Um, but now he's taking it a step further and he's saying, it's not just, it's the engagement with God is through Torah. It is engaging God. Like it's as direct of an engagement as you are going to get. And so what he will do in this chapter is define for us how we connect to God through that level as well. As we saw earlier. There are 248 positive commandments that correspond to the 248 different organs of the human being, but they also are, or they also correspond to the 248 organs of the divine king of God. Each mitzvah we do connects us to God. God desires that we do these things. And through this connection we keep the world going right so it's now about responsibility right it's the jewish responsibility that um we believe carries us forward that we are responsible for keeping the world standing through the actions that we take um or if we take he doesn't mention this but if we take the famous adage that the world stands on three pillars on torah on a vote on worshiping God and on Gabil Chasadim on acts of kindness, if we were to extrapolate them based on this, right? Torah, of course, being study, avoda being that which comes out of our mouth, and Gabil Chasadim would be the action. The kindness would be the actions that we take there in the mitzvot. That it's through these mitzvot that the world is sustained. Um, and it's through these mitzvot that we connect to God. Each mitzvah, each command connects to God through its corresponding part. There's a literature um, of this particular genre. One of the more famous works um, on this is a book called the Sefer Haredim. It was written during the 
golden age of the Kabbalistic revival in Sfat in the 16th century by a rabbi, Eliezer Azikri. And what he does in that book is he lays out, so if I do this mitzvah with my hand, it corresponds to this of God. And if I do this, it corresponds to that. And he puts it step by step that each of these commandments that we do has different correspondences. And the truth is some of them have multiple correspondences as well. But the point is that it's through this that we connect the body, the positive elements that we do, we connect the body to God. Further, to quote, just as the organs of the human body are completely united with one's soul and surrender to it, so too is the life force animating the performance and fulfillment of the commandments completely surrender to the divine will that is clothed with, in clothed, which is clothed therein. And this life force becomes in relation to the divine will like a body to a soul. So our actions are like the body to the soul, which is God, even though our actions are the body and the soul that is ours as well. And as he points out, what do we become? We become the chariot, right? Earlier on, previous chapter, he spoke about how the forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were the chariot of God, meaning they were the vessel that took, that brought the divine into the world. We too can be this Merkava, this chariot, this receptacle, receptacle for God's glory. But there's more, and that is where he wants to get to, because some of this is review, right? If we do the work, we connect, but there's more. We don't just have to be this separate chariot. We can be one. We can be completely attached, and how do we do that? Through the thought and meditation and the words of the Torah, through the mind, we become one with, we unite with, so what does this mean to unite with God, right? It's very, very challenging language. So here's what we, here's what he says. Through the actions we connect to, through the study we are, or if you take it from the Talmudic notion, right, that says that the study of Torah is connected is opposite of all the other commandments. In other words, it's an encompassing, right? So it's the mirror image. So all the commandments on one side, Torah study on the other. And so if we study the Torah, if we connect to it that directly, then it's not a, we're not a receptacle. We, we basically are. Can be a dangerous concept, granted, but... Um, for here, he's he's trying to raise this up. It's interesting because when we think of the Hasidic world of that time, we very much think of prayer. We think of ecstatic relationship. We think of something a little bit more than the intellectual. And for the Alter Rebbe, it is the intellectual on some level. It's the Chachma. Again, going back to his paradigm, it's the it's the connecting to God through the wisdom, this Chachma, this immediate wisdom. Compare and contrast that to Nefesh HaChayim again, Rav Chaim of Velazhin. I think I've mentioned that a couple of times before. The ultimate book that one would have to compare this to, it's the book from the Yeshiva world, not the Hasidic world, and yet very similar. They both see Torah study as paramount, but one, I 
think would offer that the intellectual study of Torah versus the experiential study of Torah might be the difference. But we'll, well, let's see his words here. For the divine will is identical with the halachic subject of which one thinks and speaks, inasmuch as all the laws of the halacha are particular expressions of the universe, divine will itself. For God willed it thus. Particular thing be redeemed permissible, a kosher, etc., etc. And all the letters of the Torah and the prophets and the writings are expressions of God's will. All the permutations, the combinations. Everything we do connects us to God. Right, for a yeshivish world, it might be the intellectual pursuit, right? The deeper I understand of studying and all this. For him, he's trying to say even the action of study through the letters, right? The reading of the letters, the permutations, the derivatives might in its own right be enough. That unifies. He goes on a little bit further. I want to just highlight another couple of points here. So here's the problem. I think it's a problem we all have, right? When we study, when we listen to a podcast on, on, a, on a Torah subject, when we study something spiritual and esoteric, and when we first engage it, we're very excited. Over time, it, kinda, it can fade. If we do it all the time, we don't even realize we're doing it, right? It becomes rote. And so it's very possible you're studying and you don't even realize that you're connecting. But your soul does. Now, what's fascinating about this is that this rote study in which the soul is gaining, but not necessarily us as this entity, may very well be a safeguard. If we go back a couple chapters and we think about the idea, right, that the the soul is flickering and always trying to reach up to the heavens and if it really unites with God we would obliterate ourselves this inability to have constant contact in a conscious manner is the saving element or the saving grace that 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 allows us to continue to exist even though soul is yearning and yearning and yearning for it um Okay, additional, a couple more, just one more additional point. Towards the end of the chapter, he gets back into the question of fear and awe and how we'll be able to draw upon, a person will be able to draw upon himself a sense of great awe as he engages in the study of the Torah. <coughs> and there's a note here that the goal of all mitzvot is to lead to fear of God. The, And yet, the superiority of the Torah over these mitzvot in the attainment of this goal is more important than its intrinsic superiority. So chapter 23 takes us back into this world of study. We've dealt with action. We've dealt with speech. We've gone back and forth about wisdom and the mind and, and, and really try to engage these elements. He said, well, look, at the end of the day, if we're talking about becoming connected to God, there's only one way to ultimately do it. Everything else is the vessel. We become a conduit. It's the way to keep the world going, right? The actions that we do, as he said in this chapter. But it's only through study that we truly find this sense of unity. Um, I think if we take this a step further for our own selves, what's the spiritual growth message here? And I think we can make this message from any chapter. So I've probably said this a few times. But again, it's often important to repeat and reflect. 
true spiritual growth comes from the joint, the wholeness. Growth in not just in one part of the other, but really the whole thing. However, there are different degradations of it. And just like he's pointing out that our actions are one degree and our speech is a degree and the learning is a degree, we can take that into anything that we're growing in, right? The things we do, right? The actions we take, that's one level. The emotional connection, that's another level. And the deeper intellectual connection may be the third level or vice versa. But the point being that to truly grow, we have to do it. Our mouth, our hearts, and our minds have to be one. They can't be bifurcated, trifurcated. If you take a three-part process, they have to all be going towards the same goal. So that is chapter 23 on this two Bishavat night. I want to wish you all a wonderful night and hopefully we will uh, meet up again in the morning to get us into chapter 24, which will take us up to the learning for Tubishvat itself. Until then, have a wonderful night and looking forward to more tomorrow.